Welcome to episode 13 of the Passionate Purpose Podcast, where we interview people over 50 who are pursuing new direction for their lives. It's an opportunity for men and women to tell their stories, their way, in their own words. I'm Greg Gerber, the founder of Forward From 50, and your host for today's show. When you think about it, the role coincidence plays in our lives can be pretty impactful. It certainly was for the subject of this week's interview. Steve Barkley grew up in Sunnyvale, California, which is in the heart of Silicon Valley in the late 1950s and 60s when the area consisted of big orchards and wide open land. After graduating from college with a bachelor's degree in business administration, Steve went to work for Advanced Micro Devices, which is AMD, during the Wild West days of the electronics industry. In 1983, the microprocessor group moved to Austin, Texas, and Steve jumped at a chance to leave California. By then, he was married with two small children. His job was interesting and challenging for many years. However, after production moved overseas, eventually a change in management eliminated his job. In fact, Steve had to lay off all his staff in the morning before he was laid off himself after lunch. Ironically, he had to show his boss how to go through the process of terminating his own employment. Yet, when the job change arrived, Steve was very well prepared, and that's where coincidence played a role. He and his wife had six boys before Steve turned 45. They were all baseball enthusiasts and played on various teams. One summer, as Steve was approaching his 50th birthday, one of their sons decided he wanted to try martial arts instead. A chance encounter in a supermarket parking lot led the family to a new taekwondo studio opening nearby. Soon, the entire family was taking lessons. Steve fell in love with the sport and was soon serving as an instructor himself. Steve explains how it all went down, but eventually he bought the studio while still working for AMD. So when his job ended, he was able to put all his attention toward growing his taekwondo studio. To tell us more about his story and how taekwondo changed his life and the lives of many others, please welcome Steve Barkley to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Steve. I really appreciate your time. Please tell me a little bit about you. Like, where are you... Where do you live right now? Right now, I live near Austin, Texas. I actually grew up in California, in Sunnyvale, California, which is the heart of what is Silicon Valley today. Although when I was growing up there in the late 50s and 60s, it was orchards and open land and everything like that. But it became Silicon Valley. And I ended up once I graduated from college, ended up working at one of the high-tech companies, Advanced Micro Devices, AMD. They make semiconductors. And uh, I started working there in 1977. And at that point in time, was I guess I call it the Wild West of the electronics industry. It was things happened that I guarantee don't happen anymore. <laughs> but it was an amazing thing. And if you look at Silicon Valley, there was a company called Fairchild. And if you look at the genealogy of companies, many companies trace their genealogy back to Fairchild. Robert Noyce and Gordon Moore and Andy Grove started Intel. They came out of Fairchild. There's a guy named Jerry Sanders who started AMD, company I worked for. He came out of Fairchild and very flamboyant marketing guy, pure white hair, although he was in his 40s, whatever, pure white hair. And he would drive up in his Ferrari. He'd drive up in a Rolls Royce with a chauffeur. He's just super flamboyant. It was just a, just a great thing. And in 1983, 
the microprocessor group moved to Austin, Texas, and I had an opportunity and to do that. And I was married at the time with two young kids, and we were living in a, a part of the San Jose that was not the greatest part. And looking at the school that our kids would be going to, covered with graffiti and everything. And once I had this opportunity to move, we did that and moved to Austin, Texas, and felt like I joined the middle class at that point in time. <laughs> so moved into a nice neighborhood and uh, continued to work for AMD what? and actually worked there for 30, 32 years. And what did you do for AMD? I started off in a position called production control, which is basically the group that the customer would order. And it was our job to make sure it got shipped out on time. So we coordinated with all the manufacturing facilities. And I learned a lot because you had to get your stuff through. So you had to learn some skills and dealing with people because you want that manager, that area to take care of your parts and get those through. It was, it was good. And then I, I eventually moved into a operations and became an operations manager. And that gave me incredible experience because I was managing a group and there are people in the group, other managers that work for me, who knew a whole lot more than me about what they did. We were, we had responsibility for all the equipment maintenance, for example, but I personally didn't know how to fix any of the equipment, but there was people that did. And we had an engineering group that they knew how to do what they did and other things like that. And I ended up in a very unique position because for whatever reason, we just did our own thing. And I had very little contact with my boss. I would go for months at a time without seeing my boss. And one year I even wrote my own review because I saw him so few times that I said, I know this review needs to get done and he's not going to do it. So I just wrote it myself and handed it to him. And we, you know, there was offshoring, which took place at that time where everything's moving overseas. And so everything we were doing got moved over to Malaysia. So we had to transform into a completely different type of manufacturing group. In the uh, semiconductor manufacturing process, there's something called wafer sort, which is the wafers come out of the fab area. They've got all these different dye, it's all dye on them, and they all have to be tested individually, and then they get sawed up and assembled and whatnot. But so we transformed that. Kind of everything we did was on our own. I was kind of felt like almost like an entrepreneur without any of the risk because I was working for a company and they were paying me and everything. My management would change. Every time I'd get a new vice president or something, they'd try to figure out what we were doing. And then other stuff would come along and take their attention and I'd never see them anymore. And it was an amazing thing. And I had a group of people that worked for me for probably 20 years. And there was two gentlemen in particular that we went out to lunch every day. We went out to <laughs> IHOP every day. Mike would drive, Rich would sit in the front seat, I would sit in the back seat, and we'd go out to IHOP. And both these guys technically worked for me, but it's like we were more friends and just working partners. I never felt myself as a boss per se, because they knew more than I did about what they're doing anyway. And but we just had this relationship. It, it was pretty amazing. But then finally, after about 20 years of that, management changes and things like that. And all of a sudden, people decided that we needed to be managed or something. And then it stopped being fun at that point. And then 
there was there was layoffs and things like that. And and one day there was layoffs. So I was in real early because we had a night shift. And so I was in like six in the morning to help lay people off. It's never a fun thing. So I'd do that and then get a call from my boss to come up to his office and I'm getting laid off. And of course he didn't know what to do. So I was showing, oh, I need to fill out this piece of paper here. You get the green one and I get this one. I kind of laid myself off. But anyway, it. Uh, I got home that morning and my wife said, let's try to make a go of the martial arts school. And prior to this, when I was about 45, we have six boys. Okay, six boys. And we were a major baseball family. We had kids on five different baseball teams at one point. And I'd done everything in baseball. I'd coached, I'd assistant coach, scorekeeper, announcer. I just did everything in baseball. And one of our kids decided didn't like baseball anymore. He wanted to do martial arts. And if you look at your life, you, I'm sure you as well could look back at things that happened in your life that were just pivotal things, that if that one thing didn't happen, it would have changed the entire direction of your life. And that's happened to me several times as well. Even just something somebody said, and they didn't even realize it, but something that they said just triggered something in me that changed the direction, changed my thinking. And one, one day my wife was sitting in the grocery store parking lot, and there was this young man with a big smile on his face, putting flyers on windshields of cars. And he came up to our car and my wife sneered at him. You're not putting that on my windshield, are you? And he talked about this martial arts school that he was opening up right down the street. And since my son had expressed an interest in it, she took him to it. And she was pressed with the school, with the instructor, that she signed up our entire family, myself included. And I had never even set foot in the place. And I was a student and started doing that. How old were you at the time? I was 45. Yeah. Most people aren't starting martial arts when they're 45. Like I said, I was the oldest person in class. <laughs> and But it became something that was a passion for us. This was in 1999. And it became a passion with us and saw how really it could just change people. And so the organization they were part of had an instructor program. And so the first thing you do is become a train as after getting your black belt, you become a trainee instructor. And I did that for three years. Basically, I mean, you come in for free. They don't pay you. You come in for free and you teach classes. And by this, you're kind of learning how to do this. And then when I was 50 years old, I went to a doctor just for routine talked about some heartburn that I had for several years. And he sent me to a gastrologist. And this gastrologist did what they call an EGD endoscopy. You've never had that done, but anyway, they looked down your throat. And he said, I had something called Barrett's esophagus with eventually high-grade dysplasia, which means it's like the step right before esophageal cancer. And they said there may even be cancer and they just didn't happen to get the cancer cells in their biopsy or whatever. But it was serious enough that, that they recommended what they called the gold standard, which was basically remove the junction of your esophagus to your stomach. So they take off part of your esophagus, they take out part of your stomach, and they cut your vagus nerve, which is the worst part of it. But it's a life-changing experience because I live with the effects of that every day. But 
50 years old, I woke up in the in intensive care of the hospital with nine tubes coming out of various parts of my body. I was tied to the gurney and I was off work for four months recovering from that. But I remember laying in intensive care, lifting my leg up and doing a front kick. Just that, that was my mentality that I'm walking out of this hospital. Turns out they don't let you walk out. They had to put you in a wheelchair. But anyway, spent a week in the hospital. My wife slept on the floor of that hospital room on a mattress every night. And that really showed me a lot. And so re recuperated from that for four months, I was home. And during this time, I questioned what I was doing in martial arts. What am I doing? I'm 50 years old. I'm going in here teaching classes for free. I'm a high paid person in the high tech industry. What am I doing this for anyway? And one day, another one of these things happened where something just clicked in my mind. And I said, I'm going to test for certified instructor and I'm going to test for third degree. And it, all of a sudden I had a decided heart and I can't explain it, how it is. You could say, God, that's not how I looked at it. But I had all of a sudden I went from, why am I doing this to a decided heart? And in, in a couple months after that, the instructor that we had was leaving and my son, who's taking classes, wanted to take over one of his daycares that he was teaching classes at. And the gentleman that owned the school said, well, I'd rather you buy the business. And we looked at it, wrote down the pros and cons, and we bought the business in 2005. And my only goal was don't lose money at this. It was just a hobby. I was back working at AMD, making good money and everything. And so this is like a hobby business. And I'd just go there after work and... My wife and my son were doing most of the things in it. And uh, yeah, then in 2008 and all the recession happened, whatnot, then I got laid off, talked about that. And my wife said, let's try to make, go to the Taekwondo school. So we were down there by noon. We haven't looked back. It became something that, that could support us. Our son works here full time. Several of our sons have worked here over the years. And in 2012, we moved into a new facility across the street. Have wonderful landlords during when COVID hit, pretty much shut us down. Which, like when COVID hit, I was called both elderly and unessential at the same time, which is tough. <laughs> but anyway, wonderful landlords that we wouldn't be a business if it wasn't for them giving us a break during that time. What do you like so much about martial arts? What I like about it is it's a great way to be in shape stay in shape, have fun with a purpose. And not that I ever plan on defending myself. I've never been in a situation where my only recourse was physical violence. If you're smart, you stay out of situations like that. But so it's not that I plan on needing to defend myself or something like that. So I'm in it much more for the physical benefits, the mental benefits. When you go to a testing and they tell you, no, you're not good enough. Not you're not skilled enough. Whatever you don't, you didn't pass. That's tough to take. That's oh, I want to quit now. But when you don't quit, and you keep on going, and then the next time you do pass, 
and it, it builds something in you, it builds a resilience in you. And I think it's, I think it's one of the greatest activities. It's, and I, uh, it sounds like you have the support of your wife from the very beginning to do, the, do this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, she is. She was, she, it'd be great to try to tell a story that makes myself sound like some hard charging do it all person. But in reality, anything I've ever accomplished or done has been with the help of other people or the encouragement of other people. Like my wife saying, let's make a go of the Taekwondo school. I never would have done that. I probably would have been off just filling out resumes, looking for another job. And other times in my life that people have said things to me that have just been life-changing things. So, that's uh, And did you say you had two sons or six sons? Six sons. Six, six sons. Boys. And yeah. all of them were through Taekwondo at some point. Yeah, five of them. Yeah, our okay. oldest son had already left home when we started. But so five of them became black belts and instructors and uh, everything. So are you teaching people who are of all ages or primarily youngsters and teenagers? It's primarily kids. Although I actually started a class a few years ago for people over 50. You had to be over 50 to be in this class. And we had a good group of people in there. And then the pandemic came along and had, we had to shut it down. But something that happened through all this, I would encourage parents to take martial arts. Because I, to me, doing this with your family, everything else you do with your kids, you're the coach, you're the leader, you're whatever. Martial arts, you're in there doing the exact same things they are. And it's a great family activity. I knew that from my own personal experience. So I would encourage parents to take class. And I would hear, oh, I'm too old. And that just struck a chord with me. It's, wow, these people have just put a limit on their life by saying they're too old. And that, it turned into a, I guess, a passion with me to help my generation to stop feeling and acting and talking old. Because when you do that, you put a limit on your life and you put a, just a ceiling on your life. And so I actually started a business along with this called Live Forever Young. And where I got that from you remember this gentleman I was telling you about, Jerry Sanders, that started AMD, this flamboyant, flashy guy? In an interview one time, someone asked him, what do you want written on your tombstone? And he said, he lived forever young. Now, when I heard that, I mean, it didn't really resonate that much with me, but I remembered it. And Bob Dylan had a song, Forever Young, if you remember that song or not. But it just uh, became something that resonated me, that phrase, living forever young, never, ever saying old. Because look at it. I don't care how old you are. Someone can be 70 years old. And to someone who's 95, they're not old at all. So to somebody, <laughs> you're not old. So no matter how well you might think of yourself, to somebody, you're not old. 
My uncle is nine years older than I am. And one of his favorite sayings is he's not going to let the old man in. And so he's constantly active. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I have just been gripped with this. I have been gripped with the bit. Our name of our business is Rise Martial Arts. And our slogan is Rise to Your Best. And the whole concept of being the best you can be. Like, why not? Why not be the best you can be? Why not be in the best shape you can be? Why not be the best in whatever you're doing that you can possibly be? And I have been pursuing different health pursuits on my own. I went out to a place in San Diego called Human Longevity that did all kinds of testing on both my wife and I. And now we're up at a place in Dallas called Gladden Longevity. And... They're one of their things is how good can you be? And that, that inspires me. I mean, I, I am just not ready to slow down or anything like that or retire. I'm never going to retire. I'll never, I may change what I'm doing or whatever, but if retire means retirement means stopping, that's the worst thing you can do is stop. I agree. Stop. You're done. So are you doing this Live Forever Young business now in conjunction with the martial arts studio? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And what does Live Forever Young involve? It's helping people in the baby boomer generation, even younger than that, maybe 50 plus, 50 years old plus, have the health and fitness that they need to pursue the life that they want. Because what happens, so many of us have gotten caught up in the years of not the greatest diet or maybe not exercising. So by the time they get to 50, 60, whatever, they feel they don't feel physically capable of doing the things that they want to do. And I want to help them get over that. And 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 not just so they can feel better, whatever, but my overarching purpose is let me take a step back. When I was working at AMD and I told you I had this core group of people for 20 years that knew more than me, when we'd have a disaster, some production disaster, whatever, we'd all get in a room. And pretty much all I contributed was what success looked like. Here's what success, here's what we need to do. And then pretty soon, somebody would say, do this. And someone would say, we could do this. And which is totally different than someone going in there saying, you do this. Because when you put your hand up and say, I can do this, you now have a personal responsibility feeling toward that. And when we would have times like that, it's like, I am just in my zone and my sweet spot. I felt like the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers when they had Magic Johnson and Kareem and all these other guys, it was showtime and Pat Riley was the coach. I wasn't the guy going out taking the three-pointers. I wasn't the guy going out dunking the ball, but I was just with this whole team of people and then watching them go into action just gave me so much joy. And then I'd always give them the credit to people. But it that particular thing, that particular feeling is how I feel about the baby boomer generation. I think it is not time for my generation to ride off into the sunset, to pass the torch or whatever. 
I think this world has enough problems that we need. We need the baby boomer generation out there helping solving problems, not sitting on the couch with aches and pains and feeling sorry for themselves, saying they're too old to do anything. That's exactly right. And we so, need their wisdom. Yes, we need this. And so many times it's people's health and fitness that is stopping them. And then there's the mindset of they're too old, their time's passed. Steve, is it possible for somebody who is over 50, who may have neglected their health for a long time, may not have done the exercise, may not have been eating the best of foods and are already starting to feel the impact of their age long before they should, is it possible for them to start over at any age or do they reach a point where there is no return? You can certainly improve. You can certainly improve. You can, no matter what condition you're in, I've seen amazing things happen with people. And if you're willing to do it, if you're willing to make the change and committed to it, yes, amazing, amazing things can happen. That's great. So what are the kinds of rewards do you receive from pursuing this passion? I'm assuming that it's provide the business is financially providing for itself, but do you receive other intrinsic rewards? It's I know that that your podcast is all about purpose and passion. And to me, purpose has to be somehow connected to helping other people. Because you, your purpose can't just be even though I'm motivated to be my best and everything like that's not really my purpose in life per se. Your purpose has to be tied to helping other people somehow. And if I can help other people overcome health, fitness, mindset, whatever barriers to give them a better life, then that's a reward for me. It's like I say them then going on to do things that I could never do. That's my reward. Have the students ever talked to you about the way that it's impacted their lives? Yeah. And if you're talking about the martial arts, yeah. yeah parents come up to me with tears in their eyes, thanking me for what we've done for their child. So on the martial arts side of things, it's, yeah, definitely. We have so many five-star reviews and people just person after person saying what a difference it made in their life or their child's life. And people, even after a few months, talk about the confidence that they see in their child. And we have got students who, there was one student, she was probably five years old. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? Someday you're going to be an instructor here. And I didn't say this flippantly, just to some backhanded compliment or something. I was serious because I saw something in her. It's, and today she's 10. And she helps us in classes and she's not an instructor. But I told her parents the other day, I said, if she was 14, I would hire her today. And she's got her goal of, of being an instructor here someday. And we had, there's another young lady that just went off to college and she started when she was five years old. She started in our little tiniest group. She became an instructor here. And she did a lot of the offline or online classes when things were shut down. 
and from her house. And she just went off to college. So we've had people here for years and all kinds of stories of the difference it's made in their life. A lot of people think that martial arts is all about beating people up and fighting and starting fights or defending yourself in a fight. And there is that element, but there is an entirely different element to that involves your mind and controlling your mind and body. Could you talk on that a bit? Sure. The, the benefits, honestly, when you talk about kids, pretty much no parent brings their child to us so they can beat somebody up. Almost every parent says, my child needs discipline, my child needs confidence, and things like that. And that's what the parents want. And then we hear the parents say, wow, my child's different. My child has confidence now. My child stands up and speaks. And we've also incorporated critical thinking skills <laughs> in our curriculum, believe it or not, because today we need people who can think critically, who don't just take something at face value that some group says or something, but they can think it through and they can make a decision. And yeah, we have a leadership program and kids in that program stand tall, look in the eye and they speak loud. And it's just really a tremendous thing. The students I've known who's, who've gone through martial arts training have shown pretty good confidence and respect for other people. And I really like yeah. that. Yeah. What kind yeah. of services do you offer for the Live Forever Young business? Pretty much it's if someone is feeling like they've let their health or their fitness kind of degrade and they want help to overcome that. And along the way, I've also, I'm a certified personal trainer. I'm a certified health coach and things like that as well. I've got a gentleman as a clinical advisor to me that actually spent a couple of years every week talking to us on the phone. We paid him basically to teach us about the human body. And just he would get these articles from the National Institute of Health that if you ever try to read any of those, they're like super complicated. But he would just fill it for us. Here's what this means. And you talk about our gut biome. We talk about our kinds of different things. And uh, so he's helping me from a clinical advisor standpoint. But basically, if someone needs help to get over their health, their physical challenges, then I help them do that. That's great. How do you want people to remember you? He lived forever young. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What advice would you give to people over 50 to help them either identify or pursue their passions? I would say, never say you're old and especially never say you're too old. Because when you say too old, you really limit yourself. And I don't even like these jokes about being old, these memes, kind of funny, but in a way they bother me because now people have an excuse to not do things. And the, I guess, on more practical side is move. You have to move with purpose every day, eat with purpose every day. You have to demand the best from yourself. Don't settle for second best. Rise to your best. Be the best you can be. Demand the best from yourself. And just like I know you want your podcast to be the best and you work to make it the best. And that's the kind of person that you are. That's what you want. And everybody needs to do that. Whatever you're doing, demand the best from yourself. 
if somebody didn't know what they wanted to do, if they were tired of being on the couch all the time, is there anything that you would encourage them to pursue their passion or to identify it? First, you have to make sure that you're, you're physically able to do the things that you want to do and you're not limiting yourself and your mind or your body. I think people innately know what they're interested in and what they'd like to do, but I think it needs to be involved around helping other people <laughs> and being involved in other people. And that could be serving in a volunteer position. It could be serving in a paid position, doing something. How could people connect with you if they wanted to tap into your services or just to learn more about sure. what you do? Yeah, I have a website. It's called liveforeveryoung.me, M-E. And if they went to that website, there's a contact form on there. And if they put on that contact form the word purpose, that means they, they listen to this podcast. And I'll give the, all your listeners a special gift if they just fill out that contact form, write the word purpose on it, and I will send them a special gift. That's very cool. Thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate the time. It's a wonderful story about how yeah. you came into this just almost out of the blue and yes. how it's impacted your life and how through that you're impacting the lives of others now. Yes, that's all the result of other people. Other people who have helped me have spoken into my life. I love Steve Barkley's story. I love how it all seemed to fall in place at just the right time. One of his six sons wanted to try something other than baseball, and soon the entire family was learning martial arts. One son wanted to become an instructor to take over one of the classes, and soon Steve was the owner of the entire Taekwondo studio. Although COVID derailed the family's plans for a while, a helpful landlord worked with them to keep the studio open. As soon as restrictions were lifted, families were pouring into the studio with a renewed appreciation for health and fitness and a desire to do more things together as a family. Steve was in the right place, at the right time, with the right service. His eyes were open to the fact that some seasoned citizens were reluctant to take classes because they were uncomfortable training around younger children and teenagers. So Steve started a new class just for people over 50. That opened the door for Steve to form a new business called Live Forever Young to help seasoned citizens stop thinking of themselves as old and to take steps to ensure they had the physical and mental ability to enjoy purposeful lives many years into the future. Steve is absolutely right that being old is a state of mind because a 70-year-old is still considered young to someone in his or her 90s. Yet because many people get caught up in poor diet and lack of exercise, by the time they reach 50 or 60, they no longer feel physically capable to do the things they want to do. Today, Steve is inspired to help people of all ages to get in better shape and overcome any self-limiting beliefs they may have about their own abilities. To connect with Steve and learn more about his business, visit www.liveforeveryoung.me. People who listen to this podcast can enter the word purpose into the contact form on Steve's website and receive a special gift. That's all I have for this week's show. If you'd like help in identifying a purpose for your life or get help with planning your next steps, I'm offering a complimentary brainstorming session to members of the Forward from 50 Facebook community. For details, connect with me on Facebook or visit www.forwardfrom50.com. 
Next week, I'll be speaking with a woman who came up with a brilliant way to share her life story and that of her mother and grandmother by transforming their real-life accounts into fictional tales of adventure, love, betrayal, and mystery. I'll have that interview on the next episode of the Passionate Purpose Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you download the episodes. 